friends, and welcome. Listen, life is a journey filled with unexpected detours, and most of us have experienced at least one, and maybe more, life-altering pitfalls. How we choose to react and grow from heartbreaks, roadblocks, stumbles, and struggles, well, that's where the magic is created. Tune in twice a month when me, Kathy Talone, asks, and then what happened? You don't want to miss an episode as we go on a fascinating journey with new and old friends sharing their ups and downs on their unique path to personal freedom. I'm so grateful you joined us. Thanks for being here. And welcome back to And Then What Happened. My name is Kathy Talone, and I am so grateful for you to be here. I'm always so excited to be behind the mic, having wonderful guests on. We're inspiring. We're telling stories. We're lifting you up. We're providing different resources, if that's what you're looking for. Today's guest is absolutely amazing. I met this woman mm, just about Four or five months ago, I was introduced and connected to her through another incredible friend. And honestly, my life has changed a little bit or maybe even a lot since I've been connected with her. So I am going to introduce my next guest. Her name is Desiree Cruz. She is a dedicated wife and a mother of three beautiful girls. She has a passion for women empowerment and loves exploring different cultures and food from around the world. She is the co-owner of Merge Worldwide, where she hosts live events for entrepreneurs all over the world. In these events, she explores the power of combining community, networking, travel, and personal development. You can check out Merge Worldwide Community, where you can find recap videos of their previous and upcoming retreats, speaker competitions, and all the support that her and her husband provide. And it's all about storytelling. And you're going to tell us a story today, Desiree Cruz. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I'm so excited just to support you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to see your life in Costa Rica. And I'm great. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Not only do you have a personal story, uh, Desiree, but you and you and your husband are bringing others together to tell their personal story. It is so powerful. And honestly, this has been a, there's no coincidences. This has been my journey for probably the past nine months. And I'm sure, and I just know deep in my heart, that's why our paths have merged together. And it's for this, it's you're attracting so many beautiful people, men and women, into your life, into your community. You and your husband are lifting them up to tell their stories. Not only do my viewers or my, my audience and myself, we want to hear about the story, how it started, what was your inspiration behind it, and yeah, how you got started in, in truly like what is your why? All right, so I, I'm just going to hand the mic over to you, Desiree, and wherever you want to start, just you know, let us know because you're such an inspirational soul. I love that question, and thank you so much. Um, my why? Ooh, this one's a good one. 
So I hope everybody's ready. <laughs> so what happened was, is Jesse and I, we were trying to have a, a baby together for a very long time, probably three and a half years we tried. And I had some previous things in my history where I wasn't, uh, well, at first I was told that I wasn't able to have children and then I did have children. So I, I beat the odds and it was wonderful. But Jesse and I, uh, we have a very strange story. I have a daughter um, biologically with somebody, somebody else who was killed in a hit and run. And I lost my fiance um, in that tragic accident when I was nine months pregnant. And most people don't know that story. Um, it was, to say the least, life-changing. And then I met Jesse, and um, he had a very, very strange story as well with his ex. And so together, we got together, and uh, we met each other at the park, and we were both playing with our kids. At the time, I was putting myself through college and just having my daughter uh, ride her bike at the park. She was just starting to ride her bike at the park. And so every day after college, I'd pick her up from daycare and I would bring her to the park and I was showing her how to ride her bike. And I was like freaking out. I was like jumping up and down, screaming down the road because my daughter was able to ride her bike. And he saw me. He saw me at the park um, just teaching her how to ride her bike and, and the joy that I had and, and the, um, the passion I had to be a mom for her. At the time, it was all I had. And I saw Jesse. And I saw Mariah and I saw that he was very good looking. <laughs> and his thought or his daughter was this, around the same age as mine. So we got together and we were just friends at first. And it just eventually just grew into a friendship that grew into a relationship. And we got married in that same park. It's just a it's just such a amazing story uh both of our kids who had single parents now had a family and it was a blended family and it was a story that was right out of the movies it really was i mean i can't even i can't even uh i don't know anybody that has the story that we have so we got together and we tried having a kid on our own and it was just something that was deflating us um it we tried so long for for so hard and it just wasn't happening. So I eventually I just decided to let it go and then I wasn't going to have that linger on. And one day I found out that I was pregnant. So I went over to Jesse and I whispered in his ear that he was going to be a daddy again. And he thought I was kidding. And I showed him when he got home. He was actually on a bike ride with both of our kids. And I said, you know, it worked. It was like it was like three and a half years later. And I let it go and then I became pregnant and uh, Faith uh, was the, the name of our daughter. She was uh, found out that she was a girl around five months. I went to that ultrasound. It was amazing and everything was fine. Everything was perfect and I did have a fibroid which was something that came when I was pregnant with Faith. I never had one before so I didn't really know too much about it and then Six months came and I just started feeling much different. I was a teacher at the time and I just felt like something was very, very wrong. And eventually throughout the day of me teaching, I was with my students and I came to a point where I was sitting down and I told them that I was no longer able to walk. So I drove myself to the hospital 
And I went to the hospital and I told them something's not right. Uh, no, something's very wrong. And she was about six months at the time. And I felt like nobody was listening to me. Felt like nobody was hearing what I was saying. They told me, oh, you have a fibroid. It's, it's normal. Um, you're going to have pain. It's just going to be part of your pregnancy. But this pregnancy was so much different and I knew it. And there wasn't, something just wasn't right. So I ended up going to pre-term labor with Faith at six months. And um, that call to my husband was insane. Um, I have never had anything happen to my body in that way before. It was the worst pain I've ever experienced. Um, I almost didn't make it. I went into a rapid early onset preeclampsia and it felt like a truck hit my body. And in the middle of that, I had Faith. So Faith was the youngest on the floor um, of the NICU and we stayed there for 42 days. So our little baby daughter, Faith, she fought 42 days. Um, in the 42 days that she was there and that I was in the hospital, I didn't leave her side. Um, our whole family, you know, composition changed. It was, it was, I was living in a hospital with our daughter while Jesse was home an hour away with the two other girls. And um, we had, he was in college at the time and and we had to split our family up so that I could stay with the baby. And, and she was doing really, really great. And she was fighting so hard. And, you know, she just, she she was getting bigger. And she was doing well. And in the middle of it all, I just had this feeling um, that I knew that Faith wasn't going to stay. I just had this feeling that uh, she wasn't going to be with us long. And I knew she was going to fight. She was her mom's daughter. But <laughs> uh, she she was. She was there for 42 days and she fought really, really hard. Eventually we lost faith. And um, I remember in that moment, throughout the whole journey, my husband was journaling. And he was trying to be the man of the house and was, you know, taking care of the kids and trying to have their life be the same and still go to school or still journaling every day. And I noticed that the journaling turned into a form of religion. A form of release. Release. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he was journaling every single day and I wasn't really quite sure why. Um, what I found out eventually is that that journal started his first book. So he wrote his first book, um, The Eight Apps to Freedom, while he was a manipulator. So because he felt like he was being chained down at the time. And so he was really, really reflecting on all of the areas of his life at that time. And they all started with apps. So he started doing uh, family and friends and um, financials. And we were hit with all of those things. And so it gave him the time to sit down and actually really peel back every layer of his life. And I didn't know it at the time. Um, but that was going to be the the prereq of his of his first book. So Jesse actually, after Faith passed, he actually fell into a really bad depression, um, a really really tough depression. Now I knew about losing people because of my fiance. Um, so my like I said earlier, my fiance was killed in the hit and run. So I felt like it gave me the opportunity to 
help Jesse with this one because this was his first major loss. And, you know, he needed it at the time. He was he was really letting grief kind of consume him. And um, he fell into a pretty bad depression and it, and it was life-changing for our family. You know, um, when somebody in the family falls into a depression, it really can ruin marriages and, and families and uh, with children and stuff. And so it was tough. It was really tough. Um, but the good news is, is how we started this whole mission is because my husband decided to start talking about the story. He started talking about the loss. He started going into churches and, and sharing his story. And I'll never forget this little, um, cute little amazing little church in the cornerstone of this town, of this little small hometown. He got up and he started speaking about faith and the story. And because with his book, it gave him the platform to, to become a speaker. And I'll never forget that speech because when I saw him up there, I was video recording him and I saw my husband heal in front of me. He was healing and it was beautiful. And I felt like that was just the beginning of the turnaround for Jesse because every single time from that point on that I saw him talk about the story, I watched him get better. I saw him continue to heal. I saw him to to be inspired by what his feedback that he was getting from the people and and how he was reaching so many people with this story that he never thought that he would reach or have the impact on. Okay. And by him doing it, he was really holding on to her legacy. You know, he was he was carrying out her legacy every time that he would get up on the stage. I really want to, well, let me go back and just recap a little bit. There's so much here in, in this, what you're sharing right now is on so many levels going to provide healing for so many women and families right now who are listening to this. I, I, I just know it. I know it. Um, so when you were a young woman, you were engaged, your fiance got hit and killed by a hit and run driver. Mm -hmm. You had a baby, you met Jesse in the park, your future husband with the two girls that are similar in age. After three years of trying, you finally got pregnant with a miracle baby, Faith. Mm -hmm. You were in the nick. 42 days. I mean, this story, Desiree, the things that you're presenting right now, each one of them individually is this, there's, there's so much to each one of those things. And I look at you, you know, and I, I was just with you a few weeks ago in New York city in Manhattan, and your spirit is just so beautiful and so open, and so caring, and so loving. And, you know, it, it just blows me away. So again, number one, I just wanna say, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to tell this story with the strength and grace that you do. Thank you. 
So Jesse is now journaling, which is now going to become of a, a book that you weren't even sure of. But take us back to that time when you're in the house with the kids and Jesse's in a depression. But what were what were you doing? Because I can only imagine, I can't imagine truthfully, what it's like being a mom. You're taking care of, you know, the NICU in yourself. You're energetically healing your body, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So what happens, you know, in the house just for people out there right now, either battling depression, you know, what what can you help them with right now? Can you shine a light on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the worst moment of my life of having uh, a spouse who was killed in a hit and run, um, at the time, you know, you never find anything good about that. Nothing. There's nothing good about that. But you see by the end of the story that it actually there was a little bit of good in that because when actually look at that i was able and i was more equipped to be able to help my husband today with depression so that i didn't lose him with depression by having the skills and the knowledge and the awareness of grief and what that looks like and how that's different for everyone and and to have that grace and that understanding and that empathy and the knowledge and all of those things that surround grief, um, I was aware of it because I knew I had just gone through it with my fiance and it's tough. You know, there's nothing easy. There's nothing fun. There's nothing friendly about grief, you know, and I knew when I was experiencing it, all I needed was someone to stand with me and shoulder to shoulder with me and just and just remind me and send me love and and tell me that it's going to be okay and to to show me the light and to find yourself again in those moments right in those moments where you have no control right and that was the that's that's the beauty about the worst moments in your life is that you've completely surrendered you've completely surrendered because there's nothing that you can do to change the circumstance and so there is nothing that we could do to change the circumstance. And so I just had to be the wife that I signed up to be for Jesse in good and in bad and in sickness and in health and to stick with him and let him know, like, I'm here. I know how hard it is. Um, there, This won't be forever. This is temporary. You know, somehow we're going to find the bigger purpose in this all. And that's exactly what happened. And it's not easy. Um, it's not easy. Darkness is not something that's easy. And, but there's always a light. And that's the biggest thing I love about hope is that helping other people every day is, is, is my acronym that I love to stick by for hope. And that could be in your own family. Um, and to provide that light, that little glimmer for people, because, because that's all you need on a dark room is just a little glimmer of light. That little glimmer of light will light up the whole room. Well, you're more than a little glimmer. I'm going to tell you that right now. How how did you take care of yourself throughout this? Um, I definitely just gave myself space and provided the space needed in my family and focused on my other kids and, you know, told myself on a daily that I've I've gotten through a lot of things. I will continue to rise that she would not want me to fall and 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 to have a a terrible life with a terrible marriage and a broken up family because of her death that's not 
giving her the legacy that she deserved. You know, the legacy that she deserved is having a mom that stood back up and a mom that stood by her husband during it all. And a mom that continued to raise those two baby girls that had nothing to do with the circumstance who were very young at the time. I think Healy was only seven and Mariah was five, I think, when that all happened. And, um, you know, my two little girls were still counting on me. And as hard as it was and as tough as it was, I... I think honoring people and honoring their lives is understanding that we cannot walk in feelings, that we have to walk in purpose and you cannot walk in feelings and purpose at the same time. Wow. Wow. That is so profound. I want to talk more about that, but I'm also super curious, where did this deep understanding, where did this deep connection to yourself, um, where did that come from? You sound like such an old soul when you talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says. It's so funny that you say that. Uh, my daughter actually is exactly the same way. Um, I think the deep connection truly is, is just years and years and years of actually uh, finding myself, actually actually standing in myself, actually standing in my own power and my own energy and and, and uh, peeling off layers. I, I've done the work. I've done the personal work of myself. I continue to keep doing the personal work of myself. Um, you know, and I really truly believe that uh, for me, my spiritual belief is that God creates um, purpose in each of us. And so, you know, my purpose, and I found out that my purpose is, is to be able to use some of these things to encourage so many other people who have gone through these things. I mean, um, preterm preterm labor is something that happens to a lot of people. Um, it's just not talked about around a lot. Uh, depression is something that happens to a lot of people, just isn't talked about as freely. Um, and then, you know, uh, hit and run is not a very common thing, but PTSD actually is. And so um, I just continue to learn. I continue to grow. I continue to put into myself and to peel back all the layers and uh, I'm spiritually, I just, um, I, I, I'm still, you know, I'm still spiritually. I try my best to, um, really manifest and meditate on, on myself, you know, on a daily basis. That's, that's a big, huge thing for me is like showing up as the best version of me always is my responsibility. It's my choice. You know, the way you just described all of that, how these things didn't happen for you to become, you know, for the family to break up. So much could have happened to this mm -hmm. family, to this beautiful family. But you're in almost like an intuitive knowing that faith, it, I mean, just the the name alone that you, you know, bless this child with. To have the family stay together and go through this, to be a role model because you have the tools, you've done the work, and again, intuitively, maybe as an old soul, whatever that looks like or means for other people, and you're continuing to help heal, show people through your actions how to heal and what it looks like to heal. Yeah, I think about that all the time. I, I think, to, you know, yeah, I could have been a lot of things, right? I could have, I could have stayed down um, when I found out what happened to my fiance. I could have used that as a reason to have a lot of things and, and not be the best mom. And 
you know, I could have turned to all the wrong choices to to help cope with the true things that were happening. And then I could have surrounded myself with terrible people who kind of kept me there. And I just didn't. I just, I, I decided that that's not honoring people and um, it's not honoring myself and who I am as a person, actually. In a really, really awesome way, I've been shown how, and I, I just think that this is something that has been given to me, is that most people stay down when really, really terrible things happen to them, but but I've really been shown how when the worst things possible can happen to you, somehow there's something in that story that you haven't seen yet that you can flip and turn around and impact the world in a positive way from that exact thing. And and really, that's where that pain to purpose um, cliche comes in is um, sometimes it's the exact reason why you have the fire and the fuel to go out and flip that around and turn that pain to purpose. And that's exactly what we did. What I am hearing from you is that you have been given this gift. But what I'm not hearing from you is that you feel like it's a burden. No, I, I think I think that we do have a responsibility. Um, I think that I think I was given these stories so that I can in return talk about those stories and help other people that are in the audience or on this call or on your podcast that I don't know. I don't know them. I haven't seen them. We're not face to face, but somehow this message helps them. And that's the responsibility piece of this all is that it's my responsibility to share how we can turn that around and and not be defeated and consumed by that. It's it's more powerful to be able to be resilient and powerful and um, vulnerable to people to let them know, like, this is what's happened. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with telling you that, right? Not everybody's always liking to go so deep and so you know past surface level i'm very comfortable with being way past surface level you know um you know i i don't have i used to be a very surface level person prior to these things and then i realized that surface level doesn't help heal and surface level is only surface level but if you're actually able to be truly who you are and talk about like things that you've gone through and um to to get deeper with people that's where that real connection takes place that real alignment i really truly believe that yeah i I fully agree and thank you for sharing all of this it's um it's such an emotional story and it's really impacting me today truthfully and i'm and yeah I, i i i really love you and your your story is it's big and I'm just in awe, truthfully, of listening to how courageous you are and how giving you are, how loving and accepting you are. And also it's just sharing that with everyone. It, like you said, you know, not on the surface, but deep, deeply for your mm-hmm. own healing, but also to shine that back at everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So thank you. I love you too. Yeah. So, okay. So here we are. Jesse is writing his first book. Uh, What was he doing before all of this happened? Was he kind of in that, you know, was he a writer or? 
What yeah, was no, he was not. He he. Everything started in that NICU room. It was unbelievable. It was like he was going to college at the time, and he was finishing up his. Uh, oh no, he was starting his master's. <laughs> what a time, right? And um, I had just finished my bachelor's, and we were, you know, starting this very stereotypical family life of a blended family in the United States of, you know, two parent households with higher education and and gonna, you know, just keep living. And there was no, there was no business, no books, no nothing at this point. It was just two kids from a small town um, that just finished college. And we're on that road. And when that happened, and he began journaling as an outlet, it created the space for him to have that creativity flow. And um, it's beautiful what happens when you have the time and the space in the right place to do that. And, you know, him with his little baby girl sitting in the room, he was able to really unfold and, and unleash and, and heal uh, whatever was inside he was writing out and he was releasing and it ended up to be his first book and um, the eight f's of freedom was so inspiring for me because he took some of the worst days ever to be able to flip it around and to be able to help other people kind of dissect their 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 life and how important and how amazing is that in in a time of 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 chaos really um you know he started dissecting who his friends really were and what does that mean what does that look like like you know there's a lot of things about who you surround yourself with who your family is and what this family means to you um and and we could just keep going on and on and on faith was one of those obviously um and her name was not a coincidence you know it was given it was i was like her he he wanted to name her something else actually and then i was like nope her name's gonna be faith and this was before all this happened. So, you know, if, if you think back and I look back on different things, um, it's funny what happens when you just allow yourself to be in that space to create and to to really naturally release. It's it's really, really such a beautiful, amazing experience. And so even in a really terrible, terrible times of the NICU because, you know, the NICU is not fun. It's a lot of roller coasters. Um, you know, there are days that she was doing so well and then there was days that she would just plummet and then there was days, and I mean, we we rode that roller coaster for 42 days. But in that time, it's like you're, you have no control over everything. You're in complete surrender. And allowed, it allowed us to really truly have that, that time to kind of feel back everything in our life at that point. And then it just opened up this whole notion and to provide people with this idea that everybody has a story and every time you share that story, you are really showing your true self, your true vulnerability. You're impacting the people who have not heard your story, but then you're also healing and releasing by sharing the story and so it just started this whole mission of um healing and and the power of your story for us so go back just for a second i just got this vision of jesse in the church in the small town up on stage 
and he's sharing his story. And you said for the first time, you said that you visually watched him heal. I mean, that's so powerful. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we were, so he was, like I said, in a really tough depression for a while. You know, he he was really, really, really struggling with just day-to-day stuff. And, uh, you know, it got pretty bad. And he got to a point where, um, you know, it was, it was consuming him and it wasn't the same person. It wasn't the same. It wasn't, it wasn't my husband anymore. It was, it was something completely different. And I remember him saying that he wants to share this book. And I was like, you have to share this book. This book is amazing. What, what you've created in this NICU is something that I think most people need. And to really dive into those eight parts of your life to help people with personal development and 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 often how beautiful is that and so because he's she did the book he went on to a stage and um talked about Faith's story and I remember looking at him and saying to myself this is it this is it this is his why this is what he's called to do um, that was the first time I had seen him have that spark back, that, that confidence back and a purpose, right? His little baby girl gave him purpose and it was crazy because I didn't, I didn't talk real much about the 42 days of Faith's life, but in the 42 days, we had so many people contacting us. We had people pray for her all over the world. Uh, there's people in Africa and people in Australia. I mean, it was just everywhere. And there was people showing up and making us meals. And and it, the community piece of it was so critical. Um, during that time, we had people offering to take our kids. We had people offering to help us with our dogs. We had people... Um, sending us meals to the hospital, showing up to the hospital, sending stuff in the mail. Um, and we saw the amount of impact that this little baby was making. She was one pound and um, she was there for 42 days. And we saw the, uh, the wave throughout the whole world of her story that was happening. And so we were like, wow, if she can if she can have this wave happen in 42 days of her life, what what are we sitting here wasting time for? So, I mean, what an awareness that is. And I've heard you say that or I've read that, you, you know, you've shared that before. And I, I love that you bring that into your story. Like that's such a huge critical piece of your story. So just say that again. And, and so everyone really gets the full impact of that. It's so powerful. Yeah. So it really it hit both of us in the face pretty hard that if our if our little one pound baby girl who was only here on, on, on this earth for 42 days can make a wave of impact in the way that she did and um, affect people's life in a positive way in the way that she was in 42 days, there's no excuse for us who are here, who've been here for a long time and who have a long time to go. There's no excuse. It, it just hit us right in the face that there's no excuse for us to sit back and 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 be filled with things like fear when 
you have the opportunity and the platform and the responsibility to be able to make an impact in a positive way in the time that you're here. It's just no excuses. That's amazing. I mean, that is, it's almost like so powerful that you just kind of want to hide from it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, a one pound baby girl having this type of effect on so many people and bringing a community. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, ad-libbing this a little bit, but bringing a community together that didn't exist before. Like that is, yes, crazy. And, you know, I go inward with that. It's like, okay, what, how am I not showing up in my fullest, you know, being right now? What am I not sharing that needs to be shared? So yeah, I, I can't hear that enough. Desiree, honestly, that's amazing. Okay, so here you are. The healing has begun. You're looking at your husband and saying, wow, you know, this this is what we're here for. And these pieces are starting to come together and I'm gonna speak for you a little bit, but starting to make maybe make some sense. Did you feel like some foundational blocks have been, you know, um, strengthened and everything's getting back into place to kind of move on and i don't mean move on from you know what happened but move on in a positive and um inspiring way really yeah absolutely it just it was the why was exposed in that moment and it's funny because um jesse really inspired me because and i have to give him credit for that because i grew up in a different kind of family where we didn't talk about her a lot, right? We we don't really go really deep, right? There was, I, I grew up in a very stereotypical Italian family where, um, you know, you kind of stuff, stuff, stuff. And um, it was interesting to have somebody like my husband show me that it's okay to unstuff. It's okay to share the bad, right? And so in the beginning, before I saw him actually start healing, I was actually like, you know, most people who share all those things a little bit of time, red flag, like I, I kind of was the opposite. I was kind of like, eh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a real big fan about, you know, sharing that much about our family and, and the darkness that, and you know, I was, I was a stuffer. So I had to unlearn all of the years of stuffing. And then I saw him heal up on that stage and there was no going back. There was no going back for me. Once I saw him up there and I saw him heal in front of me and I saw the impact that it made and I saw what it was doing for him, I completely unlearned the stuffing because it was an exposure of the why and the why was so much bigger than the stuffing. And I'm so happy that I married him for that reason because he showed me so much in that day. Um, about who I was as a person before all of this. And so I went from being the person that was like, eh, that's a lot of red flags happening for me. I'm all set to, wow, that right there, what you just did was beautiful to watch. That right there, what you just did changed my soul. That right there, what you did is actually the stuff that matters. And um, so I started this journey with him together where we began to really unstuff, really heal, really take this to a different level and understanding that there's a lot of us out there 
who haven't had the right community to kind of bring that out in them yet. And um, yeah, that's kind of where, where it all started. It's just been crazy, crazy ride. That is crazy. And again, everything that you're sharing right now, it's just the way you communicate feels so approachable. It resonates with me. I know it's going to resonate with every single person listening right now because you know, we all grew up in small towns in a sense, and we all had our family kind of, you know, I, I didn't grow up in an Italian family. I grew up in an English Irish family, but it was the same thing. You know, I was, everybody was quiet. How are you? Oh, we're great. Everyone was great. Everyone still is great. Nothing's going on. Nothing to talk about. Nothing to see here, you know, but <laughs> pull back a few layers, man, there's some stuff to talk about, you know, and some dis-ease and I've seen that in in my family you know when we stuff things are stuffed and it doesn't you know it manifests into a lot of other things so again going back to the spiritually emotionally physically side of things just releasing the story is not just healthy but it really does create a vibration of change and overall health so um, mm-hmm. Amen. Amazing. Okay. So continue on with this beautiful story, Desiree. And then what happened, right? Let, let us hear. Let us see. Yeah. So Jesse wrote his first book and started speaking all over. And it was amazing because he was just shining. He was shining on the stage. He, he became the person that he was called to be. And he had this very solid why that gave him, a, that gave him his purpose. And I think when people find their purpose, they find their why, it's like a shining star is shining so brightly you can't ignore it. That's that's a very, very, it was like he was a shining star on the stage. And I felt him in a zone and I felt him be comfortable and I felt like this is what he really truly was meant to do and and I felt all that. And then as his, as his wife, it was it was my responsibility to lift him in the area that I feel like he's called to do and been called for purpose. So uh, I just continued to lift him and encourage him and to um, to believe in him and, then, and to believe in the mission. And what happened was we just continued the magnitude of the impact from her story. And he just started speaking all over and talking more and more on podcasts and Facebook and churches and um, colleges and and all of these things and the power of your story was was the whole meat it was the meat of the whole meal right and so we were like you know what we have been walking because we walk every day Jesse and me and when we walk we also pray um, throughout some of the walk and so you know, I'm not a very, I, I don't, I don't look at myself as a preachy person. I just have a relationship, right? So we would, we would think about this and we would pray on this. And, um, with my, with our relationship, it just became, it became where it was becoming to life. You know, we would, we spent years thinking and praying and walking and talking about how do we merge these things together to create a business? And so that's what we did. We just did that and uh, we came together and I loved hosting. I love serving. I love travel and I'm his backbone and he loved speaking and he loved 
uh, networking and he loved Facebook. And so together with his community and my, my knowledge of uh, running events and hosting and, and, and my servant, um, I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm called to serve people. So I, so we merged all of those things together and we came up with Merge Worldwide. And Merge Worldwide was born during COVID. So it was like, <laughs> it was like when you couldn't be in a room with people, <laughs> we decided we were going to start a business holding live events. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, so when COVID hit, right, that was the, that was the pivot right there. COVID hit, the whole world went crazy. Everybody had all this time. And in this time, we decided, you know, or we're really going to use this time to really work on ourselves. And that's it. I mean, we were going to create. We are, That was the time we were going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to create it. We're not going to sit here. We're not going to, like, keep just letting this be a thing that's always whispering in your ear, like, do it, do it, do it. And we're just going to do it. So we just started hosting live events. Literally, our first one, Kathy, Cheesecake Factory. Nice. Yeah. We hosted our first live event at the Cheesecake Factory with seven or eight entrepreneurs around a table in the middle of the cheesecake factory that's how we started and it's literally gone from seven people around the cheesecake factory table to hosting live retreats in italy like it's amazing i want to talk about all of that we're going to get to that in a second but i do want to get back to um something that you were talking about and i love this so many people i believe would still have been stuck in the fact that their life wasn't going the way they planned it to. Even at that moment, with everything that's happened, so many people would still say, okay, this is great, but this was not the plan when we started out this. Yes, these things happened, but now can we get back on our path? Having the faith, having that intuition, having that surrender that you talk so beautifully about, like just just share a little bit more about that because it, it's such a pivotal and important piece, not being back in that control. Like, no, we are going to do it this way. We're going to move on from this experience. And we're going to get back living our life. And you said, no, this is now our life. This is our path. This is our journey. This is the direction we're going because we're called here, because this is what's happening for us. And we're going to share it with some, you know, many, many people. So talk about that, um, yeah, um, please. It's it's so critical. It's a critical piece. So I'm so thankful that you actually have me slowing down and going back to that because, uh, that part is the most important part. So I think it's very clear when you're just doing the motions every single day. You know, you're checking boxes, you're, you know, you, your mom, check, you're a good mom, check, you're a good wife, check, you're right, you went to work, check, right? There's a lot of check mark kind of lifestyles. It's completely different when you're shown. And when you feel called and um, it provides purpose in people. And 
that purpose is exposed in a way that it is so loud, it is so bright, it is so soul-changing that it doesn't seem like it's even work. You know, it doesn't seem like you're just checking anything. Like, like coming on this call with you today, I was like, oh, you know, no, to me, this is exactly where I need to be. This is exactly what's part of the mission is to be able to get on things like this because I feel like I'm called to be the person on the other side of the screen that I've gotten these experiences given to me to be able to, in return, get onto programs like this and, and, and to have that purpose be so bright that you have fuel, you have, you have life, you have energy to, to feed that mission. And, um, it's so strong that you can't deny it. That's the thing about this is, is when I'm in a room, right? We just had a speaker's competition in Canada and I got to hear uh, uh, an amazing, an amazing group of speakers. And I sat there in that room and I literally became emotional that I had to excuse myself and go into the bathroom and in the bathroom I fell apart because I felt like I was being reassured that this is exactly where Jesse and I should be even when it's hard even when it's tough because there's things with business that are hard there's things with business that are tough and it's a lot of risk and it's a lot of faith and um you just got to know, you just got to know that you are covered and that it will work. And all of the risks and all of the challenges and all of that stuff is necessary in order for you to get to where he is calling you to be. And in that moment at that speaker competition, I had a, a, a an experience happen to me again where I was, I was reconfirmed again that this is exactly where my husband and I need to be. I can't even explain to you what happens when you're in a room full of people who are changing the world, who are positive, who are driven, who are confident, who are, um, you know, willing to network and willing to mastermind and willing to dare to dream, you know, um, willing to go against the odds to take that risk. Um, to, to be able to go past that surface level bullshit and actually talk about some of the stuff that they've gone through and how it's changed them and how it's changed their soul. Now they're called to this why and they're so fueled by it that you can't help but stop and listen. And I just feel honored to be in the room when I actually think about the, that we're the ones hosting it sometimes. I'm like, I just, it's crazy that this is what we, I, I, I become emotional sometimes that this is what we get to do. This is what we get to do, you know, and I love traveling. I think traveling is, is, is a must. I think culture is a must. I think, I think seeing how big this world really is and, and diving your, yourself into culture and diversity and and uh traditions around the world is huge and so how do you put those two things together you host competitions all over the world and you create retreats uh that are soul that are soul changing and and to really listen to yourself in those moments and then 
to be able to create that for other people is like, and I think to myself, how incredible is this? That every single one of you has been impacted by my baby girl. This is insane. When you actually really think about it, it's it's really incredible. That's even beyond. I mean, honestly, I, I have zero composure on this interview, Desiree. That's truly, and I'm just going to be vulnerable in that because your story on so many levels is, I don't know, I, I'm just on an emotional roller coaster, so I'm not even going to summarize it. I'm going to have to take my own personal time to regroup after this. The people listening right now, they don't need to be professional speakers. They don't need, they just need a story. So what I'm hearing from you is so many show up at the event and they're speaking from possibly the first time. Yeah. So, it, so you don't have to be a professional speaker, um, but there's a range. So there's a range of people. So, some are for the first time. Some have been speaking forever, but on our stage, it doesn't matter how long you've been speaking. It's your first time that day. So typically people who have books now take their book on a speaking journey. And so, you know, as you know, a book is a really good platform to be able to expand so many different things. It's it's kind of like the first prereq of, of a whole different world that opens up. Um, because typically people who have books, they also want to now speak about that book. So... Speaking of the book, can we talk about the book right now, Desiree? Because <laughs> <laughs> so Warrior Women. Yes. Warrior Women. I was just in Manhattan. I was just in New York with you kicking off volume two of Warrior Women. So merge merge um international, merge worldwide, excuse me was the speaking platform in how, when, where, and why did you jump from the speaking into the book? Share it, share that with us. And I, I can't wait to hear this story. Yeah. So like I told you, I, in the beginning, I was not really wanting to be on the microphone and not be in front of people and things. Um, and then I just started realizing that that was my own fear and my, my own limiting beliefs, I became to just learn to love um, the impact that it created. And so um, while I was doing that, I was taking a look at of all the women. I was very intentional of all the women who were coming through the speakers and hearing a everyday woman uh, tell me about her story, her battle, um, and how she changed it for the positive and turned it into a business and, and now runs you know feeds her family through the business it was like a powerhouse moment for me every time and what i realized was is a lot of the women were coming and they were telling us this amazing speech and i was changed forever from it but then i would talk to them afterwards and they'd be like my family doesn't even know this story so i thought to myself wow so there's a lot of women who are sharing these stories for the first time that their own families don't even know about this story how can we fix that? Well, for those people who weren't ready to get up on the stage yet, and I know that they will someday, and I hope and I hope sooner the better for the breakthrough. Um, now, this was another platform for people to be able to share their story, and specifically women, and uh, to, to to lessen this gap that I saw that was happening in 
the legacy piece of their families is like they didn't know mom's story they don't know grandma's story they don't know story and so i was learning along the way that there's just so many women who had this incredible story but their own family didn't even know it so then i thought i thought about the legacy and jesse had just written a book with my daughters and we had this book launch and this it was beautiful right and we're sitting around the table talking about legacy now how do you have a conversation started with two teenage daughters about the word legacy well you, you talk about the book that they just wrote with their dad and he had this idea to bring light to a child's perspective of grief so it was really beautiful because jesse wrote this book with my two girls to help kids and have them share their perspective of grief and what it was like for the kids and the kids kids version and what happened was this guy from a different country texted my husband a picture of him reading his book to his son that night um for bad and it was my daughter's book that they wrote with my husband wow what was the name of the book it was uh where did my loved one go where did my loved one come? Oh my gosh. So we're sitting around the table. We're talking about the word legacy. And I'm like, man, you guys are touching families from all over with this book. And you don't even know the amount of people that you'll be impacting because they might not send that text message with them reading um, the book to their son at night. And I like sat there for a minute and like a tidal wave came over to me. And I was like, consumed by the thoughts of how my kids don't even know my own story it's a sad story not everybody's like feeling the sad story stuff but like do i want you to walk away just feeling bad for me do i want you to walk away feeling so sad for me no no i don't want you to walk away from this feeling sad for me that is not honoring the legacy of myself not honoring the legacy of my fiance that was killed in the hand run that's definitely not honoring the legacy of my daughter faith who was here and i sat with that all night i was up all night and i could not fall asleep and i was like wow you know yeah i thought i did all the right things i have things in place when i pass away that they'll get the money you know they'll have my house you know they'll get the car all this stuff that didn't matter and then i was like you know what i can't i just can't I can't be okay with this. And it was like a light bulb that flickered on that would not shut off. Yeah, I like to call them green flags, right? We talk about red flags all the time, but these are the big green flags going this way. You need to go this way. It's time. <laughs> I'm showing you. Here's the awareness, right? Yes, yes, yeah. So I was like, I was surrounded by the green flags. I had the green flags mm -hmm. high in my face, two green flags in my eyes. Um, and, you know, I sat on it. I, I, I sat and I just talked to God all night and I said, man, you know, how, how can I change this? How can I do this? And, um, I woke up the next morning and I heard, all I heard was do it. So I did. And I, I literally woke up the next morning and I called 64 women, I think. I think it was close to 64 women. Um, I woke up the next morning and I and I said, you know what? I, I know that this, I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that has a story that their family should know about them that's changed their whole life. 
I would be devastated if I passed away tomorrow and you guys talked to my my daughter and she said she couldn't read my story because it was too sad. That is not what I'm here to do. So I decided that I was going to do something different so that my kids could have a story about their mom and but the lesson that I needed them to know from the story. And so that's where Warrior Women came in and um <laughs> It's crazy how this journey has been and Warrior Women was produced from a little conversation around my table about legacy and have my 16 year old daughter tell me she didn't want to read my story because it was too sad. And that is it. I mean, you have created a container of um, a collaborative book called Warrior Women. You are about to release Warrior Women volume number two. So tell us just a little bit about, um, yeah, the experience, who's in the book, what you've learned from it, and when volume two is going to be released. I can't wait. Yeah, I, so, so, you know, I've had some incredible experiences with this business. Merch World Rides created an opportunity for speaker competitions. We, you know, go around the world and, um, but Warrior Women was so different for me. And it was the most I've grown personally um, in a in a six month period of time. This is the most I've grown. Um, I've challenged myself in every way. No, at this point, I had never written a book. I definitely have never led a group of women. I was actually completely opposite, right? Most people don't know this, but I was the girl that would kick it with a bunch of guys, right? I was, I'd rather be around a bunch of guys because I felt more, I felt more relaxed. I felt more myself. I felt more confident when I was around a bunch of guys, because what I've noticed was as I was leveling up, it was getting harder and harder for me to have like actual real true friendships without feeling things like jealousy and, and um, like doubt or um, insecurity or I, I don't I just I just had a really I did not have a very smooth journey with women right I I just have had the worst experience with the journey of women and so I kind of I I, I would rather hang out with a bunch of guys I just kind of turned into that woman you know I re I resonate that with that fully I for many 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 years. My only friends, I feel like, were guys. Um, yeah, and that's almost a whole conversation in of itself. I think a lot of women feel like that. Yeah. Um, and especially a lot of women who I've leveled up with have had that experience. So, again, I think that's kind of a whole dynamic that is interesting to look at. But, um, yeah, because yeah. as you're healing and as you're growing and as you're leveling up and you're taking risks and you're turning into this person that they no longer see you as, um, you know, and the, and the more you learn about yourself and who you're becoming, the less the less you're interested in who you were. And there's a lot of things that go on with that. But I really had a tough I had a tough journey. And um, I was like, how do I. How do I make this different for myself? How do I, how do I challenge myself? How do I find these women 
to be able to put them in front of my my children, you know, because um, I was really by not having that women group, I was really not benefiting my children. When I actually really thought about it, I got two teenage girls who are watching me. And um, I truly believe that the best way that you can be a mom is to be able to put and place people in front of them that can show them all different things that you're not able to show them. And, you know, I, I, I really thought I was such a great mom, but I knew that I was missing this piece of having really strong, firm, um, everyday warrior, uh, you know, powerful, sturdy, creating positive things in the world. I didn't have that core table um, that I could say, here, Haley, watch her. She'll teach you this, you know, here, Mariah, she can teach you this because there's, I can't teach them everything. And, uh, I really, I really truly believe that the table that you build is the, is, is the foundation that you, that you build for your, for your family. And I really needed that for my own self, that core group of women that I could ride with as a business owner, as person, as the person I am right now today. And I didn't have it. And, um, it was crucial because you know, you can only put so much on your family, you know, uh, your family is not meant to carry the weight of girlfriends, you know? Um, and so I had to really swallow that. That was another thing that I had to swallow is that, you know, it's my responsibility to have a group of women that I can, that I can put in place in front of my kids. You know, it's my responsibility to have girls that I can count on and then I can talk to and I can lean on and, um, I can, I can do girl stuff with so that my husband doesn't have to feel at all, you know? And, um, I started just all this stuff was coming at me and, um, I was like, you know what, this is a perfect way to be able to do that. It's a perfect way to be able to create the community that I don't have. It's a perfect way to challenge myself in a way that I never have. Like I was not the person to go, Hey, let me, let me lead 15 women from all over the country and now abroad, um, to write a book and to, because I, I hadn't done any of that before. I, I never, I wasn't, I wasn't part of women groups. I never led any kind of book before. I didn't even write a book at the time for the first one. It was, I was writing my book and, and doing all of that, all just stepping into it and, and doing it. And I can tell you that what happened to me in that process was one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life. As far as my soul changing, um, uh, really, really expanding myself, um, really being willing to bend and grow and to look at myself and, and learn and be influenced and influenced. Um, it was by far one of the coolest things I've ever done my whole life. So with the first group of women, I just was so proud to even be a part of it, just like the speaking, you know, when you're in the room, it's like, it was the same thing again, except for in a book. And so it changed me, you know, it changed my soul. And I, I will never forget when it came in the mail and I got the box and I opened up the books, you know, there it was, it was my book. And like, I did that, you know, and I, it was my baby, you know, it was my masterpiece. It was everything that I had every challenge, every, every limitations that I had to just push away, all the fears, all the, all the, all the everything I had to just go boop, 
and just do it and do it on faith and know that I would do it well. Um, it was, it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. I want everyone listening right now to fully, fully hear what Desiree is saying. What I'm hearing you say is, number one, you were out of your comfort zone fully. You got the green light, you got the green flags, you knew this was your path, because when we're on a path, when we're on a journey, it, in this, it, it just keeps unfolding in front of us. There's no denying it. And although it's easy, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, right? Because this is new, it feels different. We don't know what we're doing. And for you to share that, again, I just, I really hope everyone is embracing this. It doesn't necessarily need to be looked at as a struggle, but there is a different awareness to this journey. In continuing to walk in faith, knowing that this is going to impact not just the rest of your life, but the rest of the lives of others, others who are writing the book, others who are reading the book, others who are publishing the book, communities. I mean, again, we talk about on this show a lot, throwing the, the rock in the lake or in the pond and the ripple effects. And this is huge. Not only did you not have a community of women, you know, I mean, I, mean, I would say that, you know, maybe you didn't even, you didn't trust women, you didn't like women, you know, and I've been there. And again, that resonated fully with me. So to step into this gap outside of the comfort zone, bring in all your power and say, yep, this is what's happening. I don't know what it's going to look like when it's finished. And then having the experience of opening the box and seeing what it's looked like when it's finished. I mean, it's, yeah, I saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cried. I cried moments of joy. And uh, what really, what really motivated me was this is it. Is I was sitting on the steps, these exact steps that I'm sitting on right now, and I have two teenage daughters who are watching me, and they're watching so closely, you know. And I'm teaching them so much right now, and I know that. And here I was saying, I'm telling them on a daily basis to step into who they are or to love who they are and to do that unapologetically, to, to understand the difference of being yourself and being free and loving who you are and knowing that if people around you are giving you that same energy and that same love and that same that same self-worth that, that those aren't your people and that you need to be around other people who fully accept love and, and will encourage and inspire and, and, um, encourage you to be your, your full self, your beautiful self. Those are, those are your people, right? And I was saying that and then I was like, man, how can I say that and then not do things because I'm scared to do that, right? And then I'm like, no, I can't, I can't. I cannot live in fear while I'm telling my own children to not be fearful and to be able to fully understand that who you are and, 
and knowing who you are and that confidence in who you are and to be able to step fully into that as a woman is one of the most beautiful things that I can share, that I can show, that I can teach. Full self-worth and, and acceptance and energy and, and full power of yourself. We're, we're going to do it. We're gonna sh I'm going to show you what that looks like. Being fearless and showing up fearless, but it's not the lack of fear, right? I mean, I, I, I talk about this in my coaching so often. It's, it's being afraid and showing up anyway, because I do believe that you know, fear can be a motivator. Fear can be so many positive things. And if we try to, if we wait to do things until we've conquered our fears or conquered the sense of being afraid, I mean, really, we'll never do it. So the motto for me, at least, is, you know, do it anyway. Do it anyway. It's so because true. this is what it looks like. This is the only way to get through it. Just like you talking about, I love that energy when you talk about like, now you can't get the mic out of your hand. You know, it's like, <laughs> this is what the growing looks like. And we can't grow without doing it. And sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out exactly the way we thought it was going to. It's because we're in the gap. We have never done this. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful in surrounding yourself, not only with people who have done it before, but who are going to watch you do it mm -hmm. and support you anyway, right? And they're going to go, oh, well, maybe I wouldn't have done it like that, but she's growing, she's learning, and look at her go. And, and, and that's, for me, that has been the biggest lesson to actually trust the people who are watching me do it because I feel like an idiot sometimes, right? And, and that goes back to so much unworthiness, which the chapter that I wrote for the Warrior Woman, volume two, I'm so excited. I handed it in yesterday. I finally got the download for my title and I'm super excited with all of your support, Desiree. So appreciated. But the unworthiness piece, especially in front of other women who are watching me. Mm -hmm. And it's so uncomfortable mm -hmm. and say, well, okay, I am surrendering to the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. And if you are going to stand on the sidelines and judge without throwing your hat into the arena, then mm -hmm. like you said, you're probably not my people. You're probably yeah. not my people. And because I'm moving forward with locking arms, and you talk about this all the time, the actual image on front of the book, Warrior Woman 1 and 2, is women holding hands, standing side by side. Not everybody's ready. Not everybody's ready for that. And that's okay. You know, we can hold space for that as well. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what's coming up next. Um, you mentioned... There is a speaker competition in February. And yeah, just tell us a, a few things that, you know, that are happening in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we just got done with one in Canada and we will be doing another one in February in Florida. Um, also, we have some retreats that are, are going to be soul changing um, just abroad and amazing. We're, we do one in Southern Italy every year. And then we also have one lined up for Iceland this year. Um, so we're going to be doing 
Iceland and Italy retreats. Um, and, and that's the travel and the, and the being in the room with people who are uh, movers and shakers and in a beautiful place. So we're also going to be doing uh, series three of Warrior Women. Um, and then um, I'm going to be doing a women's conference too. So I can't wait for that. There's so much more to come from all of this. Um, I know that this is just the beginning and I know that I have so much more that we can do with Warrior Women. So I'm just surrendering and, um, you know, stepping into the fear of the unknown. And I'm going to have my first women's conference. I did do a uh, my first virtual summit with Warrior Women on the first series. So that was the first time that I have ever done anything like that. And it was amazing. Um, so I'm going to go one step more and I'm going to do a women's conference. And then I'm also going to be doing a women's retreat. That's all linked to Warrior Women. So I want to be part of it. I am in. If every any other women who I know there's going to be tons, your email box is going to be filled. How can, what's the best way for everyone to get in touch with you? Um, my email is dcmergeworldwide at gmail.com. So DC is Desiree Cruz. So dcmergeworldwide at gmail.com. Also Facebook, um, you can just look me up. It's Desiree Cruz. And then um, on Instagram, it is it's seven four two thousand and fourteen D Cruz. Uh, that's my Instagram, and I post everything about what we're doing and uh, recap videos and just the journey of it all is captured from social media. That's the beauty of social media is that we're able to reach much more people and show them and share with them um, how this journey has been. You know, we've been in business for two years. Merge Worldwide is just getting started and I can't wait to see what happens with us and where we go and, and what the future holds for us. So I just want to say one thing real quick. Please. I know one day your sons are going to have something tangible that tells their mom's story and the lessons that you want them to know from the story. It will always be there um, and they may not appreciate it now. But one day while you and I are gone, that book is still going to be there. And the fact that you committed the step to do that for your family, uh, you are exactly who I want at my table. And I cannot wait to merge the families together someday. And I know that it's going to be sooner than later um, so that we can all sit around the table and, and get to learn from one another. And um, I'm sure we'll be in Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, Sure. Yes, we need to have a retreat here. Yeah, I just want everyone to know if you want to get in touch with Desiree Cruz or Jesse Cruz, if you want to know more about everything that's going on in their world of worldwide of, of merge worldwide, um, we'll have all of the information, all of the links, of course, on the podcast platform and also um, on my Facebook page and my Instagram page. And you can always reach out for me for more information. If you want more information about what I'm doing and my traveling light coaching platforms and programs, you can go to www.kathytalone.com. You can find me, of course, on Facebook and Instagram. So Desiree, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I love you. And I'm super thank grateful you. to have you in my life. Thank you. Same here.
All right. Well, thank you everyone for being here. As usual, I'm so grateful for you to be here. If this has inspired you or motivated you, if you are feeling um, knowing about what you're going to do next, reach out to us and let us know. We support you and we are really, really encouraging and excited about your journey as well. And join us next time on And Then What Happens. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.